Well, kia ora everybody. This is Strawn Coleman here from Commoners Communion joining you for the Bridgetown Daily Podcast today and as it turns out, all week. And I just want to start again by saying, Bridgetown, your life, your love for Jesus, your commitment to becoming his apprentice, to looking and sounding like him is such a blessing to us all over the world, but even right here in the corner of the world in Aotearoa, New Zealand. I know myself and my friends and our church community have just been so blessed by John Mark's teaching, but even broader than that, the life you live as a community. So, man, what a special privilege it is to be hanging out with you this week. Well, I don't know about you, but this last three, four, five months, I have felt myself going back to the basics when it comes to communion with God rethinking through how I speak with him, what prayer is, what communion with him looks like. And I don't know if it's just, I don't know, things change. You think you've got everything nailed and then something changes and all of a sudden you're like, man, how do I come to God and process these things with him when I'm angry or I'm feeling numb or there's compassion fatigue or we're feeling convicted and confronted about things? in us that we never knew existed before. And it's not that necessarily all of our prayer practices have to change, but how we approach them, kind of we need to return to the simplicity of it. And so one of those things that I've been thinking a lot about in this time as I've had so much to say and also so little words to describe to God what's on my heart is the nature of God as listener. And in Psalm 66, verse 19, we read, But truly God has listened. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. And throughout Scripture, scripture, there is constant reference to God hearing the prayers of his people, hearing the cries of his people, and either being grieved or overwhelmed by the injustice that he sees, or responding by healing and bringing the rain and light and righteousness and love. God listens. And when I look at the life of Jesus, when I think about the incarnation of Jesus, I think it think of it as the ultimate act of God listening. Listening by entering into our situation and sitting with us in the dust of the earth, in the chaos of our culture and whatever's going on in society. The very act of God becoming human communicates to me, I want to know what you're feeling. I want to know who you are. And I want to show you what it's like to be with you. The interesting thing about listening is that it often has more power in helping someone to feel less lonely than conversation does. And I love this quote by um, Henry Nguyen in his book, Out of Solitude. He says this, When we honestly ask ourselves which person in our lives mean the most to us, We often find that it is those who, instead of giving advice, solutions, or cures, have chosen rather to share our pain and touch our wounds with a warm and tender hand. The friend who can be silent with us in a moment of despair or confusion, who can stay with us in an hour of grief and bereavement, who can tolerate not knowing, not curing, not healing, and face with us the reality of our powerlessness. That is a friend who cares. 
And I'm kind of thinking about those people in my life where you kind of, you hang out with them, maybe you don't see them for years and you sit down and all of a sudden you don't need to get into the details of your life. There is this knowing. You know, in marriage for me, one of the the great signs of a close marriage is just being able to be in each other's presence, wordlessly enjoying one another. There's a knowing. And what Henry, Henry Nouwen is saying here is that most of the time, the people we love the most and feel most safe around aren't the ones who give us the answers and the quick fixes. They're the ones who sit and listen and sit in the dust with us. And in Scripture, we discover the God who listens. The amazing thing about God listening is that it can often feel like distance I spent four years really, really ill in my life. Two years, um, in a two-year space, I spent about 13 months in bed. My body broke down. I lost my job. I had young children that I couldn't play with. I would literally just spend day in and day out sick in my bed. And at the beginning, I used to pray, God, would you heal me? Where are you? Where are you in this circumstance? I need you. And I would sort of wait for him to answer. And after weeks, months passed by, and then eventually years, I started to lose hope. And my questions became less, God, will you heal me? And more, God, can you even see me? Can you even hear me? And I felt that God's silence in my life was an absence of his presence. But instead of getting an answer to what my question was, God, Will you heal me or why won't you heal me? I got this simple four-word response. Son, I love you. In that moment, what I was experiencing wasn't the God who gives answers and cures and quick fixes. It was the God who was the friend of my soul who was saying, Strawn, I don't have anything to say right now that you can understand or make sense of, but I want you to know I am sitting with you. I am right here in the dust, listening. Now, it sounds counterintuitive, but instead of growing further from God in that space when I couldn't feel him and see him, I started to have a revelation of his love. I started to realize that not having answers, not being able to get from God what I needed was exactly what I needed to truly understand how much he loves me and how close he was. God wasn't answering the quick fix questions that I was asking. He was just sitting with me. He was listening. See, loneliness comes not necessarily from being alone physically. I mean, it can be. You know, COVID has probably stretched and challenged most of us. But loneliness can also just come from feeling like you're not heard. Loneliness can come from having disagreement. When all of a sudden the people in your family don't understand your perspective on theology or God or love or relationships or culture or race or politics, you can be living in the same household with someone you love who completely is um, unable to see your perspective and feel completely alone. This is why a lot of people in marriage can sometimes feel alone because they might be living with someone, sleeping in the same bed day in and day out, but they feel like they're not heard. But loneliness can also come from confusion, uncertainty, looking ahead at the future. Will I be able to get another job? What will happen to the economy? What will happen to our political situation? What will happen to my friends and my family? And loneliness can come from that kind of uncertainty. 
But all of this loneliness without cannot be changed through external circumstances. It can only be changed through the divine incoming, the hospitality of God living in us and listening to us. So in that way, prayer is our ability to look into God's eyes and to know that he's looking back at us. It's to sit with God and say, Father, I'm here, I'm listening. Even in that wordless hanging out thing that Henry Nguyen is talking about and allowing God to listen back to our souls. And in that sense, prayer is less about information transfer or polite dialogue. It's about the movement of empathy from heaven to earth and the slaying of loneliness in the depths of us. And psychologist Kurt Thompson has this interesting thing to say as he studied the brain and he looked at the soul. In his book, The Anatomy of the Soul, he says, an important part of how people change, not just their experiences, but also their brains, is through the process of telling their stories to an empathetic listener. When a person tells her story and is truly heard and understood, both she and the listener undergo actual changes in their brain circuitry. They feel a greater sense of emotional and relational connection, decreased anxiety, and a greater awareness of and compassion for others' suffering. So let me say again, prayer is not about information transfer or polite dialogue. It's about the movement of empathy from heaven to earth and the slaying of loneliness in the deepest parts of us. Prayer is looking into God's eyes, looking into ours. Prayer is about listening. I want to finish with um, a poem that I wrote during this season of my life when as I felt alone and didn't get the answers I want and came into this sort of revelation of Man, I am sick and I have no answers and my life is undone. And yet I feel more than ever that somehow God is sitting with me in my grief and he cares. I wrote this prayer or this poem called Never Alone. And I want to read it over you today. If you're feeling like God is not answering your prayers and you feel stuck and you feel alone, uncertain about your future, um, sort of ostracized or left out because of your opinions on what's going on in the world, then maybe just position yourself in a place of openness toward God. And I just want to pray this over you to close. This prayer is called Never Alone. Never alone. Never any breath alone. Never a thought or quiver alone of any kind. Never a beat or pulse or love for any human soul alone. Alone is impossible. Alone is death. But even then, never alone. Alone would be to live without the womb of divine oxygen surrounding human spark and cell. There can be no alone. Not even for enemies, not even for emptiness itself and its vast taunts and separation intent. There can be no alone. There is no space not filled with divine presence nor the envelope of creator breath. Alone is invention, lowbrow imagination built to shelter human shame, the weapon that tried to slay its maker. 
yet even still, never alone. So may you go in the grace and peace of God today, knowing that silence is not absence, it's the presence of empathy and compassion. It is God sitting with you in the dust with your answered, unanswered questions. And may you feel his love and his kindness as his eyes upon you. You looking at God, looking at you as an act of prayer and communion.